Whaley, the masked saint, and you're listening to the Atomic Tomic Podcast, and it's the only one that you should be listening to, and if you're not listening to it, you're going to miss a blessing to teach you a lesson. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. Coming to you live from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, he is the Mask Saint author, Chris Whaley. And Pastor, how are you, Chris? Uh... If I was any better, I'd have to wipe some of it off. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a great pleasure to talk to you, man. It's 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 an honor, man. And um, I I hope you had a great New Year. Since you know you're my first guest of 2019, um, how was your New Year for you? Uh, couldn't couldn't be any better. I'm actually uh, on vacation with both of my uh, daughters and their husbands and all six grandbabies. So it's all good. Wow, six! Wow. Yeah, I got one. One daughter has four, and one daughter has two. So the one that has two decided to get out of the game real quick. <laughs> well, I have two myself. Um, let me ask you a question: As being a grandfather, how do you get the Christmas gifts evenly for each grandchild? You know, it's amazing. We uh, we just we just do it. Uh, yeah. My, my wife was a uh, high school math teacher for 38 years, so she's pretty good with uh, the math on those things, so that's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so tell me about yourself, Chris. Um, where did you grow up? Um, how was your lifestyle like? I, I actually uh, grew up in uh, central Florida, about an hour from Orlando, and um it was uh, just almost like Leave it to Beaver, I guess you could say, <laughs> growing up in that area. And um, my uh, my dad was a long-distance truck driver and a fifth-degree redneck. And my mother uh, was a stay-at-home mom. And so it was just uh, just one of those one of those childhoods that you see on TV. Wow, so it was like pretty much Americana, apple pie, like like the way you say you see it, or leave it to Beaver, everything was pretty yeah. much... Okay. Yeah, all except uh, my mom didn't wear the pearls. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she wasn't like June Cleaver in that aspect of it? No, 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 she wasn't June Cleaver, no, not at all. Uh, yeah. And was your household, was it a very religious household at that time? No, it really wasn't. Uh, like I said, my dad was a long-distance truck driver. My okay. mom was actually a member. She was a member of a cult. She grew up in that, and she's a very intelligent lady, and she asked uh, her dad uh, questions about their religion, and he told her it wasn't for her to know, and she didn't need to know that. And so when she got married, and my uh, they were from South Alabama, and my dad moved to Central Florida for work, and uh, my dad was on a trip, and there was a, a local pastor just out knocking on doors one day, and he knocked on our door, and my mom said, you know, I've been I've been praying for somebody like you for a long time, and so she invited him in and 
Wow. My dad, my dad um, actually became a Christian when I was a teenager. That was one of the things that uh, convinced me of the reality of God. Mm-hmm. Because I said, if, if God could save that man, he could save anybody. Wow. Uh, but, but he did when I was a, a teenager. And uh, he, he, he wasn't the same guy. He, he was a lot different after that. Wow, so seeing that pretty much made you a believer after that, correct? Yeah, well, no, I actually kind of uh, uh, rebelled against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, my mom made me go to church. And, uh, uh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I, uh, I had a lot of sickness when I was growing up. I was in and out of the, the hospital a lot. Uh, I had pneumonia, I don't know how many times, had polio when I was uh, in the fourth grade, polio, viral encephalitis, at the same time I was in the hospital for like three months, and just a a sickly, sickly child, and when I was in middle school, they found out that uh, uh, I was allergic to everything, Mm. and so they they put me on this allergy medication, finally I started uh, gaining weight, but my, my childhood doctor, he was just a wonderful guy, and he, he refused to let me give up, and he's the one that got me going to the gym and working out, and, and once I started uh, doing that, as, as a child, I grew up loving professional wrestling. I watched it because uh, it was you know, one of the few things that was on, on TV late at night, and when you're in the hospital, you kind of lose track of your days and nights, and so I really uh, started watching wrestling when I was in the high school and uh, in the hospital, excuse me. And uh, it was just uh, one of those things. Uh, growing up uh, as a sickly child, and finally, you know, my body changing and having the opportunity to be in professional wrestling. It was it was quite a hoot. It really was. Yeah. Um. What was the professional wrestling you was watching? Was it NWA? No, uh, in my day, there were 26 territories all over the United States. Uh, and, but yes, it was the NWA. Uh, Florida was a big territory. Uh, it, you know, they, they were wrestling six nights a week here in Florida. And, uh, of course, um, Georgia was a big territory, the Carolinas. Um, uh, Texas was a big territory. We had three territories in Texas. You had the Funks in West Texas, the Putskies in South Texas, and the Von Erichs in East Texas. So mm-hmm. that, that was pretty big. And so Vince McMahon, he changed everything when he when he inherited the WWF. And you know, that guy's a marketing genius. And he turned he turned a fledgling little territory into a multi-billion-dollar business. And when Vince came to town and and did his number and put everybody else out of business and all of the uh, big talent from all of the territories gravitated towards the uh, WWF at that time. Yeah. Um, which wrestler you gravitated to the most or did you have any particular favorite wrestlers that you loved to watch? Oh, I, I did. I loved, uh, I loved the Funks, Terry and Dory and I actually had the opportunity to be Dory's uh, pastor for several years. Oh, wow. uh, when I was in uh, close to Ocala in Florida, Dory's uh, a great guy, and uh, I love the, the Briscoes. Uh, of course, Jack is dead now, but I I get to see uh, Jerry uh, about every other month. They have a legend 
Jerry's luncheon over in Tampa, and I go over for that. And I get to see Jerry and a bunch of the old guys from, from my day. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, you're pretty much still actively involved with wrestling in some as- in, in the aspect of it, right? Like, you're still, like... You're- yeah, I, I, oh, yeah. Uh, now, I don't, I don't watch it. Uh, you know, I, I don't watch WWE. Uh, I did... I did watch it whenever I was, uh, uh, at my buddy, uh, Black Jack Mulligan was still living. And, um, he had two, his, his two grandsons are in the WWE, uh, Bray Wyatt yeah. and Bo Dallas. Yeah. yeah. So I visited him in the hospital one day and both of those guys were there. And, and uh, he said, hey, you would have watched my, my grandsons work. They work for Vince. And so I turned it on a couple of times to see them work. Uh, ran into Braun at breakfast uh, a couple of months ago. I didn't even know him, but <laughs> I heard I, I heard heard him talking about wrestling. And after we were up paying our bill, and I said uh, I was listening to you about wrestling. He said, "Yeah, I'm Braun. I work for WWE. Uh, I'll be on Raw tomorrow night." And I, I didn't even know who he was. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how like you know you don't see it no more and then like from way back in the days till now like these guys are like gargantuans you know what I'm saying you know Blackjack Mulligan right. is a big guy but when you see oh, Braun Strowman Braun, Stone, Braun Strowman is a totally different animal it's like whoa yeah 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 yeah, yeah Blackjack uh, I think he was 6'8 about three, 375 he's a big boy big boy but he was a great guy I sure miss him yeah. great great guy yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah, he's a great, great motivational speaker as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he really is. Really yeah. is. Yeah. So tell me how, um, you know, because I definitely want to talk to you about um, the Mass Saint, which is the story, and yeah. also your book is based on your life and the actors right. who the actor who portrayed you was Brent Grandstaff and um, James Preston Rogers in the movie. Um, how did all that came about? Like, how did were you approach, you know, how, how, just tell, take me to the embryonic stages of how that happened. Okay. Well, uh, I got out of wrestling in 1988. I graduated from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my last match was in May of 2000, uh, excuse me, in 1988. And mm-hmm. then I went, I went to my first church. And when I went to my first church, um, of course, that's a big transformation from professional wrestling to being a pastor. But um, I had a, had a young lady with two kids that uh, used to drop her kids off, and she'd be the last one to come into the church and the first one to leave. And I never really got to talk to her that much. And on one, one Sunday, she came in wearing sunglasses, which was a little unusual. But after the service was over, I was shaking hands with people, and she was the last one out. And she came up and took my hand with both of her hands. And I could see tears coming down from underneath her sunglasses. And so I reached over and lifted up her sunglasses, and she had two black eyes. Mm. And it just uh, it just enraged me, you know, that any man would hit a, hit a woman. That's just, just really low rate. And so I told her, I said, I'm going to go see your husband. And she said, you know, please don't do that. I'm, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, so, I, so I went to his house and called him outside and said, hey, you know, uh, I just came over to see how you could do against somebody who could fight back. Yeah. You know, God, God blessed you with a great wife and two wonderful little kids, and you abuse them. Uh, let, let's just see how you can do against somebody who can fight back, which is not the way most pastors handle it. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, he never hit her again, and that was a great thing. So yeah. I, I just started having episode after episode happen like that, where I handled things differently than the average pastor would handle them. And uh, I thought, you know, this would make a great TV series, really. <laughs> so, so I started um, uh, attempting to find somebody who could write it for me because I never pictured myself as a writer. Uh, and I, that didn't work out. And one Saturday, I just I sat at my computer and started typing. And when I got through, I showed it to my wife, and she said, "You know, keep going. That's great." So, so I just kept doing it until finally uh, uh, I got it. I got it published. And then after I got it published, uh, um, it wasn't long. I had a uh, producer in Orlando. He actually produced the. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, movies, the first three, mm-hmm. which were blockbusters, yeah. and he uh, he had started to work in the faith-based field, and he did the movie uh, uh, Letters to God, yeah. and so he started talking to me, he kept me on the hook for about a year, and that fell through, and then I met other people in the business, and I... To tell you the truth, I was disgusted, and I was I was just ready to put the book up on the shelf and say, you know, my grandkids can read it one day and say, look what Papa did. But um, in February of 2013, I was driving. Uh, I was actually driving to the gym, and my phone rang, and it was a producer in Canada, and he said, "Has anybody done anything with your book yet?" And I said. I kind of rolled my eyes because I was talking on the phone. Yeah. I said, no, nobody's done anything with it. He said, okay. And I hung up. And uh, two weeks later, he called me. He said, we're going to make your book into a movie. Oh, wow. And I was, I, I was flabbergasted. I really was. So um, they made it, made it into a movie. It was filmed in November of 2013. And then uh, it came out uh, in theaters in January 2016, so it was it was quite a run. Uh, I was I was dumbfounded by the whole thing. Uh, Brett Grandstaff uh, played me in the movie. He did a did a great job. He did all but uh, three of the the big bumps in the movie. Yeah. Uh, James Preston, James Preston Rogers is an awesome actor, an awesome professional wrestler. He he uh, is the one who did all the wrestling stuff and uh, taught Brett how to wrestle. Yeah. And um, so they only had a stunt man for three of the three of the uh, moves in the movie. So it was great. James Preston Rogers is a wonderful, wonderful guy. That's awesome. Um, how much of the how much of the book and the movie parallel each other, or is it totally different? Or yeah, they just change some things. Um, the of course the they have the the white beater part in there. Uh, they don't. It's it's. It's not like it happened, you know, in reality, but it was pretty close. And um, the uh, episode in the restaurant actually took place on uh, the the turnpike here in Florida at a, a, a service plaza. Um, and what 
film something indoors, you know, and make it basketball rather than doing it outdoor and making it softball. But it stayed pretty, stay pretty close. There's a lot of stuff in the book that's not in the movie, of course. And uh, I, I like the book better than the movie myself. But. Yeah. I'll say it, it, goes, it goes with just about anything. When you have the original source material in the book, any book, like if yeah. you read any book out there, like a Pet Cemetery book or, or any book yeah. by Stephen King, you'll, you'll get a lot more details than you do in a two-hour movie because there's only so much right. you can condense yeah. into that, you know? Right, right. That's exactly right. Um, what what parts in the like if if people didn't read the book and they seen the movie, um, is there any particular things that happened to you that was not in the movie that you could you could talk about or? Um, yeah, but, uh, you know I uh, I have a chapter in the book about uh, the the night that I wrestled the Undertaker. It's it's kind of humorous uh, humorous chapter, but uh, yeah. that that that's a great chapter in the book. Um, I had uh, just numerous encounters that I can't even, you know, it would just take your whole show to, <laughs> to, uh, to tell you about each one of them, yeah. but uh, they, would, they would really enjoy reading the book and then seeing the movie. I think it would help them. Yeah. Um, did you feel like after the movie you had more people wanting to find out who you were than, than, than before it or after it? or? Oh, yeah, yeah, still, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been on Netflix. It's on, I think, Netflix until, I don't know, I know some sometime in 2019, I think uh, it'll continue to be on Netflix. And uh, I still have people that see the movie. Uh, it's also on Pure Flix. Yes, Pure Flix. And, yeah. and, uh, and they've shown it on one channel on TV, a uh, religious channel. So every time, you know, somebody sees it, they... And they, they do a little, um, you know, hunting and finding out on the internet, and they track me down. I'm, I'm one of the pastors at First Baptist Orlando, and so uh, I turn my computer on, and, you know, I get a, a, an email from somebody some someplace in the country that saw the movie, just wanted to tell me how much they enjoyed it. And I've, I've had people amazingly tell me it changed their life, and, you know, they'd given up on some things, and so that that's kind of neat when you get that kind of feedback from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've gotten I've gotten emails and messages on Facebook from people in different countries that've seen the movie, and it, it's really awesome. Yeah. Well, do you ever get like? Um, I guess, I, I don't know, like, do you ever get slack from other pastors about the movie, or you get a lot of praise from a lot of other pastors, like, you know, saying, like, oh my god, it was a good job, or, 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 um, or how could you do that, or something like that, you never get any kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah, I've had, uh, of course, I, I, I get a lot of invitations from uh, churches to come and speak, and, and I enjoy that, but, yeah, I have uh, pastors that, you know, talk about that, you know, God doesn't love a brawler, and <laughs> How did you make a movie like that? Yeah. And all kinds of stuff. And I, you know, I always respond to them. I say, "What what Bible are you reading? You know, did you, did you read about Samson <laughs> and all the people that you know that that he physically dealt with? And yeah. you know, Jesus overturned the uh, uh, the money changers' tables in the temple. And there is there is such a thing as righteous indignation." Yeah. And that means, you know, to be to be upset about the things that upset God. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think God is definitely upset when people are mistreated, and, and uh, especially women and children. 
Yeah. Are you still pastoring now, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on staff at First Baptist Orlando. Yeah. And um um, do you usually have a a big turnaround like on on Sundays? You usually get a big big turnaround in your church. Uh, what do you mean by turnaround? No, I mean like you have a lot of people. Like a lot of people come out of curiosity, or a lot of people come because oh. they're just regulars. Well, First Baptist Orlando has twenty thousand members. It's yeah. such a big church. Wow. And there's there's like uh, eighteen pastors on staff. I'm one of eighteen. Okay. Uh, I do have people that come to the church just to meet me, you oh, know, and, okay. and or have me sign their book or, or to sign the DVD or whatever. And I I love doing that. That that's great. Yeah. But um, you know, we have four services. We have one on Saturday. And we have three on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an awful lot of people. So um, yeah, the, the, we have a bookstore that's on campus, and they they sell my book and my movie. So it's it's you know it's it's kind of neat. Uh, the people that uh, that live uh, in Florida that make the trip up to Orlando to meet me or to have me sign their book or whatever. That that's cool. I love love doing that. Uh, well, that's a, that's amazing, Chris. That's amazing, and you know, in a way, it's it also put eyes on you and also put eyes on the church. You know, and people probably seen you out of curiosity from the movie want to know right. who you are, and it also, yeah. I guess, in a way, sort of leads them to God too. Like, I guess, in some aspect yeah. of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Efren, I tell you, the, the greatest thing that ever happened in my life was the day that uh, the Lord came into my life because He He changed it. Uh, and with, without him in my life, I, I, I would hate to see what Chris Whaley would have turned out to be. Mm-hmm. I have a you know wonderful wife. We've been married 43 years. I have two awesome godly daughters. They, they chose well, married great godly young men. And um, so just very thankful for everything that the Lord has done in my life. And, and I would hate to see where I would be uh, were it not for him. Yeah. Um, Chris, um, in your opinion, what's the key to a successful marriage? Well, the key to a successful marriage, uh, when I when I marry couples, I, I talk to them. I talk to them about the uh, practical side of marriage. Uh, excuse me. The uh, you know the finances. Who's going to be the the president? Who's going to be the secretary treasurer? How you going to raise your kids? You know, you're going to have discipline in the home and those kind of things, the practical things. But I, I talk to them about that. I talk to them about the uh, uh, the spiritual side of marriage. God's the one that invented marriage. He's the one that wrote the book on how it's to function. And it's amazing if you follow the directions how it works. Mm-hmm. And then I talk to them about the uh, physical side of marriage, intimacy. You know, intimacy is a big part of marriage. Uh, I, I try to get them to go through um, the five love languages. That's that's also great. Finding out what your your spouse's love language is, and and also uh, DIS, DISC, uh, which is a. Uh, uh, learning about temperaments, you know, what's what's the temperament of your spouse, and uh, once you learn about what kind of temperament they ha- they have, then you learn about how you know how to deal with them and stuff. And uh, when you enter into marriage, you got to have a way to work your differences out. And so many young couples that enter into marriage, they have they have no plan. You know, they just they they get married, they think it's going to 
movie like it is on TV, and it's not. But you have to have a plan for dealing with your differences. You know, what, what is he like when, when he's mad? What's she like when she's mad? How do you problems? And uh, you got to be able to deal with confrontation in marriage because it'll, it'll happen eventually. So those are, you know, all of those things uh, are very, very important in trying to, to make a, a great marriage. Yeah. Um, you know, you said, you know, it took you, you know, you, you found God and um, you was a different person back then. Um, um, uh, at, at the person you were before you, you know, you became a Christian, was you really like, was you really volatile, like in that aspect or just really hateful? Like, well, how, yeah. well I, I, I made bad choices about the people that I I hung around. Mark Miro says, you know, show me the people you, you hang around and I'll show you what kind of person you are. Yeah. And, uh, and that's true. You know, you gotta uh, be careful with the people that you, you know, you put in your life. And so it's just, it, it, I, I didn't make some, you know, good decisions in that area. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a good person. I really wasn't. I, uh, I told, it, I pastored three churches I went to Orlando and I, I said in every one of those churches I said if you knew me like God knew me you wouldn't want me to be your pastor yeah, yeah. wow, wow. It, you know, it's amazing what the Lord can do right yeah absolutely it really is um, um Chris um do you like you say um you don't watch wrestling like you used to anymore right not the no. way no 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 I don't um, I still have people uh friends that are in the business, still training, you know, uh, there's a lot of independent wrestling organizations across the country, yeah. and, uh, you know, I really, uh, my heart goes out to those, those folks that work in independent, very few of them break, you know, into the, the big time for the WWE, uh, so, uh, I've got friends who train other wrestlers, and I've got one guy trains referees, and, Yeah. And seeing the little seeing the little guy make it big, that, that's great for me. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts? I don't know if you knew them. I don't know if you knew him, but any thoughts about Mean Gene Orkelin, who just recently passed? Um, Chris, um, I know you're on vacation and you're enjoying family time and you're relaxing and and whatnot. But um, like uh, for 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 your downtime when it's Chris time, you like what do you do to you know for yourself when you're in your Zen moment? Do you have any particular activities that you do? Um, yeah, I just you know I, I love to love to work out and uh, love spending time with my uh, my grandkids and. Of course, living in the Orlando area, we have uh, an unbelievable amount of stuff. That you know, they have Disney World, they have Sea World, yeah. they have Punch, a uh, great place called Fun Spot in Orlando that my grandkids love, and uh, Universal Studios. So it's just you're never at a loss for things to do in Orlando, Florida. And when I'm 
Yeah. Um, um, do you miss the seasons? Like fall, winter? Do you miss wearing a, do you miss wearing a winter jacket or anything? Uh, you know, we have, we, we have some cool weather, and of course my wife and I love to snow ski. Yeah. That's what we're doing now. Oh, we're, we're, okay. We're, we're up here skiing, so we love to do that, and, uh, you know, about a week, a week of snow is about all I need, and I can go back home and <laughs> have, you know, my 65 degree weather there in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Uh, Chris, if um, people want to purchase um, your book, The Mass Saint, um, is um, can they go? Where where can they go besides like Amazon and whatnot? They can go. Do you have? Yeah, they can go to uh, Amazon and get the book cheaper than they could get it from me if they want. Yeah. If they want to get uh, you know an autographed copy, uh, the best thing to do is just to uh, message me on Facebook, and I can tell them how to do that. And uh, the um, the movies, you know, I. And um, my final question, my final question for you, Chris, is: What would the Chris of today tell the Chris of yesterday? Uh, the Chris today would tell the Chris of yesterday uh, to just uh, stick by the stuff and keep keep doing what you're doing, and don't worry about what everybody else is saying, what you should do, and what you shouldn't do. As long as I'm doing what God is, has for me to do. Um, do you have a favorite quote that you live by or a favorite quote that just tickles your heart? Yeah, I, you know, I love that quote. It's in the movie. It's in, in the book. Uh, uh, I didn't even talk about the, the lady that influenced my life so much in the book, uh, Miss Edna. Yeah. Miss Edna, uh, she's from my childhood. In the movie, they make her uh, up, they bring her up to real time, but in the book, she's from my childhood. Every chapter of the book is a It's powerful. Yeah. I got a lot of Bible verses, but I don't think you want to hear all of them. <laughs> yeah. um, thank you, Chris, so much. Chris, unplug your social media, plug any upcoming events that you have going on. No, right now it's kind of, kind of slow. I've got some things coming up that uh, I don't know if they're going to happen or not, so I can't say anything about them, but it sounds real good if they do happen. And, and uh, I'll be sure to let you know. Maybe you can have me again. I can talk about that. 
Oh, yeah, that's that, definitely. That'd be great. But, uh, Efren, thank you for what you do, buddy. Uh, thank you for uh, getting on the airways and, and sharing all these great things you do about different people. And uh, thank you for living the good life and, and uh, for making a difference. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you so much, Chris. It was a pleasure to have you on. And I've always wanted to have you on, and I'm glad I got you on. And, um,. Um, I wish you the best. You know, it's early 2019, but I wish you a fruitful couple of months till the next Christmas, you know. <laughs> you too, Efren. You too. God bless you, my God bless you, too. You too. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.